You're listening to Radio Mayapur with the best devotional, meditation, kirtan music, and inspirational podcast. This is Radio Mayapur. So, Hare Krishna. So, today is 27th of July, 2023. We are in Varna, Bulgaria. And today we are very, very fortunate for Radio Mayapur to meet His Holiness Bhaktivai Baba Swami Maharaj, who is originally from Germany, but he traveled around the world. He's a Srila Prabhupada's senior disciple and GBC, I believe, and also inspirational for many devotees around the globe. So today we are very fortunate to have a podcast with you, Maharaj. And please tell us a little bit about yourself, because I know you from Mayabur, but I don't know your very intimate connection with you. So you please tell us a little bit about yourself, when you join and mm. how you meet the devotees. I joined in 1970 in Germany at that time, in Hamburg, it's mm. North Germany, not far away from London. <clears throat> and at that time, everything... Uh, came from uh, England, from London to Germany. The, the music and the, so many things which uh, were of you know, great interest for, for the youngsters at that time. And uh, anyways, I, I joined 70. We only had a handful of devotees in the entire Germany, only five, six devotees. Not more. You were 17, Maharaj. 17. Well, you are very, very young. And how did you meet the devotee, first of all? uh, You were studying, you were doing something? Yeah, I studied. I I was 19 years old. Okay, 19 years old. Such he was 16 when he joined. (laughs) He was quite young. So uh, uh, I just received one, you know, one invitation card for the Sunday program from one uh, Madhaji on on the street. She looked a little bit like an Indian, you know. <laughs> and uh, so I, I, at that time, uh, I belonged or I identified myself with the uh, counterculture of uh, the 1960s, you know, culture whose uh, values and behaviors, norms of behavior, you know, substantially differed from mainstream society. Rebellious type of people. Yes. So we had this idea of, you know, we want to change society, the whole world. We want to change. It was our agenda, our interest. And then uh, when I came in contact with Krishna consciousness, I thought, wow, you know, that culture even substantially differs from the (laughs) counterculture. You know, the, 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 the values and norms of behavior of the devotees are entirely different. I thought, wow, that's quite interesting. <laughs> anyway, so I went to the Sunday program. And uh, um, at that time, I thought, uh, you know, yoga, spiritualism means you just have to close your eyes and meditate. <laughs> so the entire Sunday program, I was sitting in one corner with closed eyes. <laughs> And the devotees, uh, these few devotees, they told me later on, you know, we, we thought I will, they thought I will never make it, you know, yeah. <laughs> he's just some far out guy. <laughs> so Sunday I joined and uh, then uh, they <clears throat> told me, so please, you know, come every day if you like 
to the temple and participate in the program. But I thought that's not a good idea. I, I just, you know, I, I decided internally already, no, I, I just want to stay. <laughs> I felt so attracted practically to everything. Of course, Pasadam, the way devotees were dressed and tilak and the smell of the incense, everything. I felt so attracted. <laughs> and then uh, I just decided to join Monday. So I uh, packed all my belongings and... Uh, Monday, one day later, I went to the temple and they told me, well, we told you that first you should come every day. I said, no, I want to stay. <laughs> okay, we have to discuss. Wait a minute. <laughs> so then I was waiting. <clears throat> one devotee returned. Okay, you can stay. <laughs> so that's how I joined. And which temple was it in this place in Germany? Which city? In Hamburg. Hamburg. Yeah. Okay. We only had one small temple. And in the whole of Germany, just one small temple we had. <clears throat> and uh, so I joined there. But what really made me a devotee was when we, uh, 71, we had a, uh, a Yatra festival in London. So we all went to that Yatra festival, mm -hmm. 71, and that really made me a devotee. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that experience of... Uh, First of all, you know, the, the, the counterculture, the hippie movement in London, it was just outstanding. So that experience mixed with, you know, the Rathayatra experience, so many devotees from different parts of Europe, you know, participated. That really made me a devotee. <clears throat> so 71, then I took initiation from Srila Prabhupada. He was uh, visiting Germany in uh, 74. I mean, the first time, 69. <laughs> there were just a couple of devotees, <clears throat> Shivananda at that time and a few others. And uh, I remember Bhakti Bhushna Maharaj, he uh, joined 69 one year earlier when Prabhupada came. He still had long hair, a beard, <laughs> and Prabhupada just initiated him <laughs> on the spot. <laughs> so anyway... Uh, Prabhupada, then second time he visited Germany in 74, and uh, that's why I only took initiation by mail. Mm. Because uh, for us it was impossible to travel all the way to India, India or yeah. you know, America. It was just impossible for us at that time. <clears throat> so by mail I received first and second initiation by mail. One year later, 72, second initiation. And in uh, 73, I met Shiloh Prabhupada for the first time Amazing. in Paris. I was already second initiated. <laughs> and I met my spiritual master for the first time in uh, Paris. And that was quite some experience. Tell us what was your feeling when you first time you met your spiritual master? It's and... difficult to describe in words. Of course. But the initial you know, experience was that I strongly felt Prabhupada was not alone. He was somehow with Krishna. <laughs> I felt that, that you know, this uh, strong experience, Prabhupada, he was not alone. He came with Krishna. <laughs> yes. So that was my experience. <clears throat> Prabhupada was sitting on the Vyasasan chanting Jai Radha Madhava. And I still remember Prabhupada, he chanted so intensively that the, the Vyasa-san was rocking back and forth. He was so wow. in ecstasy. 
And then at one point I felt just like standing up and raising my arms and, you know, <laughs> chanting. Then I stared at one painting above Srila Prabhupada, of Radha Krishna painting. And somehow, I mean, I, I swear I did not take any, any substances yes. <laughs> for, for three years. <laughs> but somehow I felt the picture became a little bit alive. I thought, my God, what is going on? <laughs> so and then I, I you know, looked around and uh, there were groups of devotees, same, you know, and f they stared at some pictures with raised arms and dancing like, I thought, wow, wow I'm not alone. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not that strange. <laughs> so anyway, very intensive, you know, intense experience. Srila <clears throat> Prabhupada, that spiritual atmosphere. And of course, Srila Prabhupada's personality, just outstanding, the topmost pure devotee of the Lord. And uh, the morning walks were amazing. We could uh, experience firsthand how Srila Prabhupada connected everything with Krishna. Whatever he saw, whatever he talked about, everything was just Krishna. <laughs> Krishna Katha, Krishna Karnas. So that was my uh, first, you know, meeting with the Srila Prabhupada. Then later on, 74, in Germany, <clears throat> again, similar experiences. Every morning, we went on a morning walk with Prabhupada. He didn't have these, uh, you know, what we call nowadays darshans. <clears throat> he just had these room conversations. He invited all the devotees, his disciples, Everybody was a potential disciple anyway of Prabhupada. Yes. So he just invited them in, into a, in his room and he just talked. talked. He was very informal, we would very say. Very informal, just talked. Open to everybody. Answers questions. Yeah. Not the devotees were waiting in a line outside. There's <laughs> <laughs> everybody in. <clears throat> so that was a very, very you know, warm, heartfelt association with Prabhupada, and he was so personal also. Very personal, but also very strict at the same time. Like we give this example of a guru, he is like a, as soft as a rose petal, but at the same time he can be as hard as a thunderbolt. thunderbolt yeah. So that you experience with yes. Srila Prabhupada, you know, these two aspects. <clears throat> it could be very, very heavy. But at the same time, very, very personal and very warm, warm-hearted. Yeah. Did you manage personally to ask some question? Which should Prabhupada reply to you? No, unfortunately it? not. You did not. Because okay. at that time, my English was, not was hardly good. developed. Okay. And uh, Prabhupada, he was also, I wouldn't say surrounded, but uh, you know, he had his uh, secretary, his servant, and when you wanted to come closer to Prabhupada, what yeah, do you yeah. want? What do you want? <laughs> and if, you don't, protected if you don't speak fluent English, you say, no, 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 okay, just later, whatever, <laughs> <laughs> next year. <laughs> so uh, I, I didn't even try to. <clears throat> but then, Maharaj, we know that you went, I mean, after this great inspiration, Shri Prabhupada, your devotion solidified in your heart and you dedicate your life to the Sankirtan movement. So you went out of your comfort zone of being in Germany or Europe, and you went preaching all over the world. That's how they tell us some experience. For example, I know you went to Lebanon, mm -hmm. and, you, and this is a Muslim country, so who, yeah. who would go 
even today, I don't know if they ask me, maybe, I don't know, I doubt it, I can go for preaching, mm. but at that time, there was uh, so much danger. Tell us some past times of this. I mean, that's what we, what we, uh, you know, what, what I learned from Srila Prabhupada to, to risk your life, you know, for Krishna. When you read Srila Prabhupada's biography, it was, it was just like that. <laughs> you know, Prabhupada was practically literary risking his life, you know, his, his uh, fragile health Half. at that time, and then he traveling was abroad, you know, on, on a steamship. <clears throat> Even I wouldn't do this. Yeah, 70 years old. <clears throat> so that's what we learned from him, to just sacrifice your life for Krishna. And, you know, we imbibed uh, that spirit. And uh, that's why we, uh, 76, we started uh, traveling uh, in uh, the former communist you know, countries. That was quite, you know, risky. To in Russia? Russia and, and uh, Other DDR, East Germany, East Hungary, Yugos, you know, the former Yugoslavia, Czech Republic. <clears throat> so they were all, all, you know, communist countries at that time. And uh, uh, we used to smuggle Chilopawa's <laughs> books, like a van full of books, just smuggling, very risky. Very dangerous. If we would have been caught, you know, Put him in jail without for any lifetime. without any court cases, jail yes. <laughs> for uh, usually ten, twelve years. The same same thing in, in, in Russia, of course, very very risky. At that time, uh, you could only visit Russia uh, in a you know with a tourist group, not individually. You could guided have, tour. A guided tour. You have means to they mix. take you wherever they want. <clears throat> yeah, <laughs> and there's plane whatever they so want. So every time I had to find some excuses, you know, that, that <laughs> to run off the group. I, I don't feel, you know, I don't feel healthy today. I would like to stay back and then sneak out, <laughs> <laughs> try to find the devotees. And <laughs> so that was quite some adventure. And uh, Arab countries also. I used to travel because uh, there was one Arab devotee from. Uh, I mean, he was from Lebanon. He belonged to the PLO. Ex-PLO, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I know, Ramanari. Ramanari. Yeah, I met him in India. He passed away. He passed away. He was in Mayapur, actually, for a long time. Yeah. He passed away in Mayapur. So he was a quite intense you know, oh, person. Yes. Very, he very translated very, all Prabhupada books in yeah. Arabic language. Ishapanishad and the Bhagavad Gita. Right. Translated. So because he joined in Germany, in Berlin, and uh, you know he immediately wanted to you know preach Christian consciousness in Lebanon. <laughs> he was definitely not afraid, and he was a trained you know Palestinian liberation organization member. <laughs> yes, he was tough. Tough. <clears throat> they were trained to eat to eat frogs alive. You know this kind of training. <laughs> Extreme. So he invited me. Come on, let's go to Lebanon, and preach. so I, I went. And uh, that was quite some experience, because at that time uh, there was a civil war between Christians and Muslims in Lebanon for, I believe, for nine years, a war, for nine years. So every evening we could see uh, buildings uh, exploding, you know, in the evening you could see that ball of fire and then the building collapsed. Collapse. And the next morning we went, you know, downtown. <laughs> <clears throat> distributing uh, Arab Ishapanishads and trying to preach in some way. And the problem was that uh, the uh, PLO members, they thought, you know, I was a spy. 
maybe from Israel or something, because I don't look like an Arab right. <laughs> at all, yes. German. But you were dressed in, uh, in, uh, in the ordinary clothes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You civil. were not dressed like sanyas or brahmacharya no, no, at that time. No, no, civil clothes. Civil clothes, yeah. <clears throat> because you cannot, you cannot preach a, a non-Muslim you know, religion. Of course. It's, it's illegal. Very, very dangerous. It's yeah, dangerous. Very dangerous. So that was very, very risky. <clears throat> in civil clothes, we distributed Arab Ishupanishads. And sometimes they kidnapped me. <laughs> I think altogether about four or, f or even five times, they just uh, you know, caught me on the street, dragged me into a car, and then drove me into the mountains. This is like a film, Mara. <laughs> they <laughs> put a, a hood on your head? They put a hood no, on your head? Not no, that, not, not that, that extreme, but, okay. but they just... <clears throat> but uh, you know, no question, just... Uh, Took you away. And I, I was praying to the Lord to the singer, they, oh, no. Just if I would like to preach a few more years, if possible. Anyway, so uh, in a, the first time I was really scared because at, you know, with a gun at your head, they ask questions. And if you didn't answer you know, quickly enough, they just pull shoot the trigger. You. I mean, not shoot, but pull the trigger. And then you don't know what will happen. <laughs> so several times they pulled the trigger. And uh, then I, of course, I just invented some, some, gave some answer. And I believe they could sense some kind of innocence in you know, the way I replied and behaved. So they said, anyway, get out of here. Get lost. <laughs> so then the second time happened again. I, I felt a little more relaxed. And then the third time I was even looking into the gun, you know, like inside, what is this? <laughs> so anyway, just get out. <laughs> So that was quite a, oh yeah, one time I remember I distributed uh, Arab Ishupanishads in uh, one uh, uh, building. And uh, when I left the building, maybe like three, four minutes, I was walking, the entire building blew up. <laughs> With the people inside? With the people inside. Oh my goodness. So I thought, wow. With a, with a white, you know, motionless face, I was just sitting on the ground on the street, and I thought, wow. So this was quite intense. <clears throat> you know, that, uh, then I also traveled in other Arab countries, in Syria, in the uh, um, uh, Far East, uh, in Dubai, Bahrain, and you know, all yeah, these countries, yeah, yeah. Abu Dhabi. So I was preaching, traveling in those areas. And uh, that was not so dangerous. Lebanon was most dangerous. But that was quite, uh, quite nice. Usually I met Indians, you know, but yes. the local yes. people was quite a little bit different. Difficult, I would say, you know, because of their strong Muslim background. Yes. You know, they were just uh, <clears throat> not very much inclined to hear about anything else. Now it changed, I believe. Yes, there's yes. a big congregation now. Big congregation. And, and a lot of devotees, mostly Indian, but some few Muslim also joined, yeah, yeah. but mostly Indian, yeah. Very well, successful. Among the Arabs, there's some, you know, some, some interest them, yes. is developing. Yeah. But at that time, there was absolutely nobody. No so you're the pioneer, Marat. You are the one who had <laughs> established the flag. Yeah, nice. At least preaching to the Indians. <laughs> yes. The sheikhs, uh, I, couldn't, I couldn't explain anything. They, were just, they did not interact, they were just quiet. Mm -hmm. and 
I think now the Sheikh they're more uh, approachable because also they send their son to study in America and Europe, and then mm. they come back right, right. and they understand the culture. So they right. have this different ball yeah. game, but still they're very so much into their own uh, yeah. culture, you know. But they're approachable. Actually, people, even Arab, you know, Arabs when I, at least in Lebanon, <clears throat> you know, because I distributed from door to door. So they often invited me. Yeah. They please come in. No, and nice then people. Only problem is, you know, it, it is part of their culture. They always offer to the guest, you know, this this concentrated black coffee. <laughs> so concentrated. I, I always excuse myself. But at one time, I compromised. <laughs> because they, you know, they, uh, <clears throat> I also had English books with right. me. And uh, then, uh, you know, that uh, particular host, he, t he told me, I, I would like to take all your books, whatever you have, just give it. But you have to take this, you know, the, this is our culture. And I thought, yes. oh, Krishna, what shall I do? Because if I say no, <laughs> that, that would be disappointed. <laughs> very impolite and disappointed. He wouldn't take any books. So I prayed to Krishna, please forgive me. <laughs> so I took a little nip of that. And I, I remember, you know, when I left that particular flat, my heart was, you know, pumping. Because we are not used, you know, to this. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. So, Mara, tell us about uh, your duty as a sannyasi, as a GBC, how you're contributing to Srila Prabhupada movement today. Yeah, I, I was actually... Srila Prabhupada wanted to uh, give me sannyas in 73 because he heard about my, uh, <clears throat> you know, I'm a brahmachai and extensively preaching, traveling and leading two Samkirtan groups. And uh, he wanted to give Shivananda at that time, myself and another German devotee, Ikshvaku. <clears throat> he wanted to give sannyas in 73. Nice. So we were already on our way to London. But then, uh, and I don't remember who, some of, of the, uh, the main sannyasis, you know, he deviated, he fell down. And Prabhupada was very disappointed. He said, no more sannyas initiations, at least for some, you know, yes. some amount of years. Yeah. <clears throat> so he canceled all, you know, oh, initiations. Then I thought, oh, Krishna's arrangement. <laughs> I was definitely not ready. I mean, I was eager, but not ready. Not ready. <laughs> so I thought, Krishna's arrangement, Haribo. So then, of course, Srila Prabhupada left uh, in 77. He departed from this world. Then uh, uh, at that time, you know, a new GBC came to our area. And I asked him, you know, what about Sainas Srila Prabhupada wanted to give me? So he mentioned, forget about it. He was very strict. Hmm. I said, okay, I just crossed it out of my mind. <laughs> <clears throat> but then uh, I remember in uh, 1990, it was 1990, he was a little bit under pressure because other GBC members, they noticed that in his particular area, this zonal area, there was hardly any sannyasi, and he was the only initiating guru after so many years. And uh, so they uh, put him a little bit under pressure. And then he just, uh, I was in Mayapur, <clears throat> not thinking at all about sannyas. I just, you know, I, I was happy. 
the traveling preaching, I was satisfied. And uh, then he just, all of, out of nowhere, he approached me. So now you take sannyas. I said, what? What? <laughs> because normally you, yeah, you, you have a test period. You have to go to that uh, sannyas committee, yes. you know, consisting of Tamar Krishna Maharaj and heavy sannyas. And I asked him, well, I don't have to go. No, no, I already convinced them. No problem. <laughs> <laughs> so he just gave me, you know, on the spot sannyas. Special Actually, nice. what I did, I, you know, I w really wanted to feel that Prabhupada gives me sannyas. So I took the danda, <clears throat> went to Prabhupada's murti in Mayapur and placed it in Prabhupada's you know, arms. And in this way, I imagined, you know, Prabhupada gave me sannyas anyway. Nice. So that was very nice, uh, very inspiring, of course. Which year it was, Maharaj? 1990. What happened, I asked so many questions in Germany about the management at that time because I, I was wondering, <coughs> we, we used to distribute so many books, <coughs> excuse me, so many books in Germany. It was one of the leading you know, book distribution countries. Yes. And, and uh, we collected naturally so much uh, luxury. luxury money and uh, still every temple financially struggled. I thought, what is going on? What is happening? Yeah. Yeah. So I asked a little bit too many questions. And then our GBC at that time, he asked me you know, to take some responsibilities outside of Germany. Okay, that's a step. <laughs> that's how I became, uh, you know, in Involved. English you say, he kicked me upstairs. <laughs> <laughs> so I was out of Germany. Right. And uh, then uh, I became a GBC member <clears throat> for Russia and West Siberia, East Siberia, and uh, so many other countries, uh, Ukraine, co-GBC for Ukraine, Latvia, and uh, Mongolia, and uh, South Korea, and uh, in the Czech Republic, Slovakia, Finland, you know, many countries. Yeah. At that time, so that occupied me, of course, a lot, traveling so much around and trying to take care of these you know, areas. It's quite, quite uh, demanding. Now, of course, you know, in ESCON, we try to concentrate more on one, it's one smaller area, which is easier to handle. But last year, I met Sandevodi from Mongolia. Hmm? Uh, last year in Mayapur, I met Sandevodi from Mongolia. Yeah, yeah. So and I was shocked. I said, what? Mongolia? Where is Mongolia? Where is Mayapur? How did you become devotee? Oh, somebody pitched to me. And he was very happy. Yeah, there is one, one devotee in Delhi. Huh? He's based in Delhi. Oh, I see. So he learns, you know, the everything. We, we, we can learn so many things in India, of course. Of course. So he's learning, learning. Then he wants to return at one point and you know, benefit the Mongolians, what he learned in India. Nice. Very nice devotee. Very nice, very sweet. Mongolia used to be a, a, a large kingdom. 
Yes. If you look at the, the former, the old Mongolian map, huge. Whole yeah, Russia, yeah. even northern you know, parts of India belong to Mongolia. Yes, yes. Then uh, reaching into Europe, you know, the, the palace of, of uh, <clears throat> Genghis Khan, the palace, just to build his palace, you know, he even engaged uh, architectures from France, from Paris. Wow. They, <laughs> he was such a powerful you know, emperor. Huge, and now it's just uh, shrinked into shrinked a small, down to small country. Yes, <laughs> small country. But let, tell us some story about you know, <laughs> when you were traveling. Uh, you know, and some we had no temple. We had to travel and face so many austerity. For example, taking bath in the morning, and you are the leader, and then you <laughs> go there in the river, but the river is frozen cold. <laughs> And you break the highs and take the load and take bath and stuff like we, that. We, 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 didn't, uh, you know, we didn't stay overnight in hotels. Or no, of course we couldn't not. afford it. So usually we just stayed in our Sankatan van you know, overnight. Yes. yes. We just slept in the van. Next, With a sleeping bag. <laughs> With a sleeping bag. And yes. uh, when it's getting colder, when it got colder, now of course we need a heater inside. And uh, <clears throat> even in the winter time, winter time, you know, we uh, stayed in the Samkatan van with the heater on the whole night. <clears throat> and the next morning, we took shower outside. Yeah. <clears throat> Usually, we, we went to the uh, into the you know riverside, some kind of river. And in, in the forest. In the forest, some yeah, place wherever. in the winter time. Yeah. And then with our gums barefoot and you know, walking over the snow, <laughs> over the snow, taking in Switzerland, I, I told you once before. Yeah. Switzerland it was below five or six below zero. So the water was also below zero. Yeah. But because it was flowing, it didn't freeze. Right. <clears throat> so I didn't know that. I thought, yeah, it's zero. Okay. It's going. Okay, I can I wanted to give an example, you know, to the other <laughs> brahmacharis. <laughs> so I went out with my uh, loader, and uh, uh, you know, and then I wanted to take a shower. So when that water hit my chest, I was sliding five meters back on the snow. It was so cold, cold. It was like a shock, you know. Anyway, <clears throat> sometimes in in big cities. We used to take our shower. We went to the to the fountain, you know, in yeah. the middle of the city in Germany. Right. In many cities, we have this fountain, yes. kind of fountain in the yeah, middle. Yeah, yeah. Because of you know, early in the morning, there was nobody there. <clears throat> so we, we went to the fountain, the water, <laughs> and took our shower in there. <laughs> and uh, uh, overnight, <clears throat> later on, then uh, it just became too austere, you know, to sleep in the van all the time. <clears throat> packed together with, you know, four or five other devotees. So then we managed to stay overnight and uh, we went to, uh, to uh, churches, Christian churches, and we, we asked the priest whether they have some kind of, you know, facility for us to stay overnight. And, uh, because you, you are monks, right? Yeah, we, are, yeah, you are we monks. told them, you know, we are Brahminical monks, yes. you know, we are related yeah. to an Indian culture. Like, yes. And uh, they usually, you know, Obliged. had some, some kind of guest room, something ah, they had. Yeah. So this was quite uh, nice. Right. And then in the morning we had some philosophical, you know, discussion, discussion with them. And very exciting. And you give them some book as well. 
Yeah, yeah. Yes. We always offered our books. Yes. <clears throat> they politely accepted. Yeah. And and uh, I remember one time there was a church all the way up on the hills. <clears throat> Some church <clears throat> looked a little bit spooky because everything was dark. We arrived late in the evening. I think it was ten o'clock or something. Ten thirty. <clears throat> Very dark. And uh, it was a large church. And you, you know these, these doors, wooden doors, and then yes. you have this, this metal ring, and then you have to knock, knock and boom, boom, boom. <clears throat> so then the door opened, and there was a very small priest <laughs> with his black, you know, hood. Yes. And then he, <laughs> in this kind of ancient German language, not wow. a normal German language, some ancient from the 18th century or something, some kind of wow. German language, he said, brothers, where do you come from? <laughs> and we replied, we came from the north. <laughs> he said, please come in. <laughs> it was really far out. <laughs> and you stayed there overnight? <clears throat> there, yeah, we stayed place. overnight. Next morning, we uh, made our prasadam. Then later on, you know, we could afford to stay uh, in hotels also. Okay. And I remember that uh, we thought, Everything belongs to Krishna. Of course. <clears throat> so, uh, you know, <laughs> sometimes we took the, the bed sheets, you know, to make our underwear. <laughs> <laughs> and the frames of the pictures, we thought, this is a nice frame for our altar. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, uh, what they didn't like, you know, the, the hotel owners, when we, when we cooked halawa in the morning. <laughs> Because the entire smell, hotel, the old hotel smelled smell, like ghee. <laughs> and they came, what are you doing? You're not supposed to cook in the hotel. Please taste, taste. <laughs> yeah, so yeah nice. the, we spent our, you know, we spent our youth in this way. How you find the difference between the old time, 1970, and today's preaching? What is the different mood of the people, the public? How you're relating to them? Because with the modern information yeah. technology, which is how you find the uh, how you find the youth. For example, we were like against all the culture, hippie or whatever yeah. we were yeah. at that time. But now the youth of today, what how you categorize them, or how you see them, uh, how they are interested, how you are approaching them to become yeah, the, the, the advantage of the '60s was that because of the that the countercultural concept. They were already sort of detached. Yes. You know, they detached themselves from, from wealth, being established, having a job. You know, they already detached. That was one advantage. Now I notice the youth, they're, they're different. Yes. They want to be more settled, you know, more stable. They want to have a you know, good payment. <clears throat> so it's, it, it seems to be a little more difficult to track them to Krishna consciousness. So it's a challenge for us to find, you know, find new ways and means you know, to attract. I'm always convinced <clears throat> that that's a social, you know, circle, the Dharma, Arta, Karma, Moksha. It's yes. always there. Always. But uh, in the 60s, it, it, it used to be more visible, you know, those who, who were, you know, after looking for Moksha liberation, it was more visible. Now it's not so visible anymore, but they're still there, I'm convinced. Of course. There must be number of people in society you know, who strive for moksha, but it's not visible. 
So we have to, <clears throat> we have to find them <clears throat> in some way. And that's the, the great advantage of, uh, of the, you know, the social media, yes. internet. You can contact millions of people <laughs> in no time. That's a huge advantage we have. This internet, you know, uh, presenting Krishna consciousness on the internet, on, on social media, it's, it's, it's still the challenge is you know, how to contact them. Sure. <clears throat> you might, again, this was one advantage in the 60s. We used to uh, visit people at home you know, in their own environment. It's one thing to, you know, to chat on the internet, yeah. but it's a little bit different if you actually meet them, physically meet them, you be with them, you talk to them in their own environment. You know, when, they, when, when they visit our temples or our website, <clears throat> they also change, they take on a certain mood, but once they're back in their own environment, different. Yes. So that, you know, that uh, talking about Krishna consciousness in their own environment, that's very important. And we noticed that. Once we, uh, usually they responded to our, you know, mail, snail mail, yes. they responded, no problem. But, you know, they remained at a distance. But once we actually visited them at home, then they changed. Because something, of personal yeah, relationship. Something happened. Well, I want to ask you, at that time, you know, I remember many people joined because they were disappointed with the materialistic world. So they thought, yes, this is a place I can contribute, this is a place I can grow, this is a place, a place I can make spiritual progress. But nowadays children or youth or, you know, they are not so much willing to have this experience of mm -hmm. an ashram or a temple right. or dedicate some of their time. Maybe, of course, if they try once in a month or once in a week, maybe they'll, they'll like it because mm. it's a totally association of Vaishnava and devotees. But I find that people are not willing to dedicate their life like we were at that time, mm. you know, to join and say, okay, enough yeah. of this material world, yeah. I want to try this. Yeah. So how, what's your take on this? Like I mentioned, I'm still convinced people must, you know, such people must exist. Sure. They must be there in society. It is just more difficult to find them. To find them. And uh, uh, I believe we have to also adjust ourselves accordingly, sure. that we make <clears throat> this ashram life a little more attractive. Accessible, yeah, attractive. Not like in the old days. No, yeah. <laughs> that was too rough. <laughs> yeah, it was very, very, <laughs> was very austere, maybe. Very austere. But and now then, I believe they do this program like yoga and retreat, so people, they get yeah. association with the body and they can maybe perceive that there is some way they can make progress in spiritual it's, it's, life. It, it's always on my mind, you yes. know, I'm constantly thinking how to make Krishna consciousness more attractive yes. for people, just in general yeah. or individually, how to make it more attractive. It's always on my mind. So some of our you know, leading devotees who uh, present Krishna consciousness to the public, you know, they, they are quite successful. They have yes. a lot of followers. Yes. <clears throat> lot of, but again, that you know, question remains, what about ashram life? You know, yes. People actually joining, becoming full-time members, living, living in the temple, taking on responsibilities you know, for, right. the, for Prabhupada's movement. That's still a challenge, I feel. Yes. Still a challenge. 
especially in the West. In India, the people are still joining. India is different. In India is different India, ball game because people are more. Casual. I think it's part of the culture. Yeah, so it's no part of, part of the culture. like Thailand and many yeah. China even maybe the people they go and become monks. It's a for common some thing, time. you know, ashram yeah. guru, yeah. guru ashram it's life teacher. Yeah, it's just a common. People go and the West is different. West is very very different, and that's a challenge. You know, I yes. I experience now <clears throat> that the, the temples which I know in the West. Less and less people are visiting. Less and less you know, ashram devotees are active. It's a great challenge. But of course, we have a bigger congregation, right? Yeah, yeah, Mostly Indian, of course, but even uh, Western people. So these people maybe could contribute and come sometime and offer some service to the temple, whether it's pujari or cooking or Sunday feast. I'm sure there is kind of rotation. If they're, if they're, in, if they're dedicated to... If they're Indians, then if they, <coughs> it works. Easy. But yeah. Westerners is more, much more difficult. Yeah, it's difficult for them. Although they're congregation members, but you know, they, they hardly actively participate you know, in Prabhupada's right. movement. Right. They just want to visit Sunday and you know, stay aloof. Yeah. It's a great challenge. But then and I'm, I'm, I'm really concerned because at yeah. one point... You know, the, the proper disciples, you know, they're gone at one point. Yes. <clears throat> and uh, those ashram devotees we have, they're also married at one point. Yes. And, you know, I'm a little concerned yes. uh, about the future of yes. that, you know, that model Srila Prabhupada gave us, you know, temple, ashram life, etc. I'm quite concerned related yeah. to the West. Yes. In America, I believe you already experienced quite, you know. Yeah, there's only Indian congregation. Quite set All over the world, man, actually. I there think. is only mostly Indian congregation. Yeah. We are taking care of the temple, <clears throat> yeah. we are doing the services, whether in Japan or Malaysia or many, many other countries. Even in Dubai and mm. Arab countries, same. It's yeah. all Indian same. people. Anyway, I, I hope that Krishna will reveal to us how to do this <laughs> because we want to maintain those temples yeah. where Prabhupada visited and mm. there will be, Krishna will send some devotee and obviously we will modify our strategy to attract everybody. In, in, in Slovakia, <clears throat> there's one uh, devotee as an architect and he's building something really beautiful. You know, strictly according to Vastu, huge building with all sorts of facilities inside. And be, I hope, you know, that it looks quite promising. And uh, he, uh, because of his uh, presenting Krishna consciousness to the public, he has a lot of followers. Nice. And he told me that he's convinced if he finished that, that, uh, uh, that project, that building, He's convinced that so many of his followers, they will you know, take shelter in it. <clears throat> they will be connected with ISKCON. They will uh, create a community. Maybe. Create a community yeah. also based on, on temple and ashram, nice. but also other, a lot of other facilities. Yeah. So this might be a model for the future. Yeah, we have to integrate everybody. Yeah. It's all encompassing. Yeah. Vedic culture is all encompassed. We right. don't leave anybody yeah. outside. Not just one Brahmachai type no, no, of, no, of no, temple no. and no, that's it. No, no, no. Yeah. There may be beginning it worked, yes. but later on we have to expand and make it much more Absolutely. versatile and attractive. Absolutely. You know, Absolutely. So thank you very much, Maharaj. Would <coughs> you like to give any message to those people who are today listening to Radio Mayapur? Have yeah. Any message for them? <laughs> Inspirational? Please continue listening. It is, <laughs> it is uh, 
so important, you know, to nourish your spirit soul, your, the, the spiritual aspect of your existence and life. It is essential to nourish it. And that's, that's the prime facility we have. This radio, Mayapur, the link to your heart. <clears throat> Continue on a regular basis. Listen, listen, listen and benefit. Thank you so much, uh, Bhattivai Bhammaraj. Shila Prabhupada ki. Ananshita Kaudi Vahandafriti. Thank you so much. Hare Krishna. You're listening to Radio Mayapur with the best devotional, meditation, kirtan music, and inspirational podcast. This is Radio Mayapur.